0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Competition is on.
1: Competition is on. Competition is on. Competition is on. Competition is fun. It is Friday. Welcome to another edition of Hard to Paint with David Grubb. I am excited today to wrap the week um, and be joined by Renee Washington. She is the host of the Locked On Wizards podcast. She covers sports sports throughout the DMB for Fox Sports and is hosted uh, behind the headlines with Renee Washington each Wednesday on noon Eastern on Fox Sports Radio 939 FM and AM 1340. Renee, welcome to Hard to Paint.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for that great introduction. happy to be here.
1: I mean, like, you know, there's so many um, slashes and and extra jobs that we're all pushing right now. So, you know, you got to give, let folks know where you are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. Amen. Especially now with COVID, it just has changed so many people's job and just what you're doing in the industry. So I I could not agree more. I know you're the same way.
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm we're going to talk about the WNBA because uh, I think this is a historic season for the league. Um, and there's just this um, kind of resurgence in interest. It's become a league that's much more visible on social media. Uh, players are making their presence felt in a number of ways. Um, do you think the league is, is capitalizing uh, really well on this moment where the WNBA has kind of been thrust more into the spotlight?
0: Yeah you know I think the best thing that I noticed is coming into this past winter it seemed like the WNBA really turned a corner. It felt like you know the conversations, the coverage, the excitement was just different and you know once the once the pandemic slowed down sports that was actually one of the biggest things that I was disappointed about regarding the WNBA because I felt as though this year was going to be a year where We saw them turn a corner and more people engaged we saw a lot of offseason moves so there were some roster changes as well as just the, the hype around it that really drew a lot more attention to the league so once covid shut everything down i was like oh crap now now what you know people were so excited looking forward to start a season myself included and yet it was on pause so i think they've actually done a great job of pivoting to find a new way to reach people and whether it's players that are down in the wobble or players that are not and are like Natasha Cloud, for instance, of the Mystics that are fighting for social justice. The league has been doing a great job overall, especially with the latest deals of games being played on Twitter and having easier access to watch them. They're on ESPN, NBA TV. You know, it's so much easier to watch the WNBA. And that's the first step, right? I mean, you have to provide people with the opportunity to watch the greatness within the league in order to continue to follow it. So it is definitely encouraging to see all the changes that are going on as the league-wide, but also within you know each team for different players that are really making a name for the WNBA right now?
1: I'd really like to see them continue to upgrade their offerings on social media um, and their app. That's one thing mm-hmm. that I think that they, they could really help because it's hard to access statistics. It's hard to access transactions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there are a lot of just, you know, quick clips, but not a lot of – it's not interview-heavy. It's not data-heavy. And I think, you know, in this day and age – You have to continue to give fans information. They want to know about these players, and their interest can be stifled really quickly, too, if they can't find that information.
0: Right, right. And I think that one of the biggest things is that, you know, right now more eyes are at least on the league, which is a start. You know, there are more people that are watching the games, that are sharing and retweeting. I think that they've been doing a great job with other leagues, actually, especially the NBA that are like to cross promote. So you see a lot more NBA players, whether they're rocking the orange WNBA hoodie, or, you know, just sharing posts or whatever it may be. It's, it's an effort that has to be done beyond just the players and staff and coaches within the WNBA. So I think that's actually one of the biggest things that's helping, but in terms of like stats, that's the next step because now people are watching, as you mentioned, they're watching the game, but now can they start to get to know the players a little bit more? what you know their plus and minus their free you know field goal percentage and free throw percentage and all the different areas that they bring to the floor as players instead of now just watching occasional highlights or or occasional you know whether it's the apparel or or just news whatever it may be so i think that's what's going to also start to hook people and there have been more and more people that i've been seeing actually and this is one thing i like that have been calling people out you know there are some people that yes. are really just have such hatred and discrimination towards female sports and as a former female athlete myself it's sad to see you know there are people that openly will comment and and discredit the talent that's in the league and there are more and more people that are speaking up against them saying no that's wrong you know at the end of the day they're just basketball players don't be sexist don't look at them as you know just a a sex sexualizing them or their gender roles they are athletes just like everybody else So I think one of the best things is the way people are holding others accountable and speaking up to not only share what's going on, but to call others out when they're not giving the players the credit that is due. But the stats side, I agree. I think that can continue to get better, but I think it's a step in the right direction and it's going to take time to fully catch up to, like, for instance, the NBA. I was talking to someone and they had a great quote or great comment in the fact that, look how long it took the NBA to get to where they are today. You know, when you look back, 10 20 30 years the NBA having lockouts and all a bunch of variety of issues even in the David Stern era may rest in peace it took them a while to get here so Mm -hmm. the WNBA is playing catch up but they're on the right path without a doubt
1: oh absolutely I mean you know we're talking about a league that has been around less than a quarter century at this point and you know has has seen growth has sustained itself has changed its business model to adapt to um, some new financial realities and um you know i think that you know they embraced the the sponsorship facet of 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 covering you know uh creating revenue through their teams for those things i think they've had to be progressive in that regard and, and you can see that that uh, some of the things that the wnba has done has bled over into what the nba is trying to do in marketing wise so yeah that is it's a, i think it's going to be important that they continue that partnership going forward between the two leagues um and, and just also continue to move towards, you know, just um, making sure that the the conditions from pay to travel and all those things become equitable as well.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is also keeping in mind that for the WNBA, um, I know some people are asking, well comparing like the NBA bubble to the WNBA bubble and what one has, the other doesn't and the conditions and things like that. The league itself is still financially behind. Of course, the NBA does bring in a larger revenue. So at least getting eyes and more attention on the WNBA and some of the, the great players that they have within that, being able to capture and connect with the NBA players and audiences and whoever, any, any, and everybody will start to hopefully now turn around and, and, impact the revenue side of things because all these efforts are great but the league itself has to generate more revenue. So the CBA that was agreed upon in this past January was tremendous and just a step in the right direction. It allowed players to really have a work-life balance, provide for their families, be able to be a true full, full-time athlete instead of having to you know worry about how they're going to provide for their, for their families themselves or even being a mother or being a wife and things like that. Some of the accommodations around their hotel stays so that they're not sharing rooms and maternity leave, all these aspects that they need to have as people first, more than just athletes. Uh, now as athletes are able to focus on playing the game instead of all these other external issues that they have to deal with. So I think that's one of the greatest things to see is the revenue side is changing, but people have to recognize that we have to continue to, make, to do our part to make that even better because it's not done yet. And it's not enough to just share, retweet, and, and talk about it. You've got to actively now get people that are engaging to want to go to games and watch games and be more involved in the WNBA as a fan as well.
1: Well, let's go to the on-the-court stuff because it's, it's been fantastic, the action. We're at about the midway point. Most teams have played 11 games. There are a few with only 10. Um, but that will be rectified very quickly. Seattle and Las Vegas look like the class of the NBA at this point. That's not really a surprise for Vegas, considering where they were and where Seattle has been throughout its history. But Brianna Stewart coming back from an Achilles, we know how difficult that is. And she's right there in the MVP conversation.
0: Looking at Brianna Stewart and what she was able to do in returning, as you mentioned, an Achilles injury that had her out all last year, she doesn't even look like she missed a game, let alone a season. She's come right back in the Seattle Storm, who were able to win a championship a couple years ago. It shows two years ago to now, they kind of picked up where they left off. It was almost like last year was a chance for the rest of the players to build. And then now that she's returned, they're back to being a top team in the league, but by no surprise. And so for her, it's exciting to see. I'm happy for her. You know, I've been following her and a fan of hers since she was at UConn. And I'm happy to see that. You know, with her mobility, her size, the way she attacks the basket, the way she knocks down shots, she is back to being one of the top players in the league. Again. And it's well-deserved. You know, you see she's been putting in the work off the off the court and doing all she can to get back. Sue Bird is 39 years old. She's going to be turning 40 in October. And she's, when healthy, is still – playing like she's 29 years old, you know, and then they have a number of other players. Um, Alicia Clark being one of them, Natasha Howard, uh, just so, so much talent on this team that it's really a team to watch out for. Sammy Whitcomb, um, it's just, they're a champion in recent years for a reason. And there's someone to, to keep an eye on as we're moving forward. Brianna Stewart, absolutely. in the MVP can- candidate conversation But um, I think one of the most exciting parts about right now just watching all the games is you do see so many players making big, big moves, whether it's rookies coming in or someone like Brianna Stewart. You know, I think coming into the WNBA season with some players opting out, like Maya Moore and and Renee Montgomery, Natasha Cloud, once news broke that Elena Deladon and Tina Charles were not going out for the Mystics as well, there may have been some uncertainty around Will the level and the talent and the excitement still be there? But it's still there. You know, of course, there are some players that I know I wish were down in the wubble in the right now that we could watch play. But overall, a player like Brianna Stewart and, and many others that are there um, still bringing that level. Candace Parker, another one for, mm-hmm. for L.A. that really has captivated audiences and has people engaged and excited to watch them play.
1: Of course, Asia Wilson in Vegas, top five in scoring, rebounding in blocks, having to feel, you know, take on a bigger load with Liz Cambridge out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, She's playing phenomenal basketball as well. And, uh, you know, somebody who's making their name known outside of the casual fan. I mean, outside of just the diehard fan of the WNBA.
0: That's a great point. That's a great point. And that's the biggest thing is that you want to have more and more players become a household name. And Asia has been doing that. You know, I think looking at the fact that the Aces, to me, are a, d- a very, very dangerous team. Um, I think there's someone that every year continues to be right there in the, the top of the league. But for Asia Wilson and, you know, looking at this group as a whole, as you mentioned, know Liz Cam- Cambridge and Kelsey Plum, another name that people know. But she's been able to step up with or without those players. You know, it's, we've seen them in the past at full strength, what they can do. We've seen them now so far this season and she's been phenomenal for the aces and their team that is really sparking some more as we mentioned fans to, to start to you want to start to relate players as not only athletes but people that you're excited to watch as someone that you feel like you can relate to and and cheer for and you want to buy their jerseys and you want to tune into all their games and i think that Asia definitely brings that that level that makes fans excited to watch her play. And I love what she's doing off the floor as well. She's very active in the community. I know she was in a Nike ad that I saw. Yep. She's, she's doing some great things off the floor as well, which is bringing some more eyes onto the league.
1: And when you look at the rest of the West, it's stacked. Um, L.A., Minnesota, Phoenix, all um, right there. If they can put together a second-half run, any one of those teams could be you know, a, a very tough out in the postseason in L.A., like you said, Candace Parker playing, um, you know, great basketball. Sylvia Files is like the the WNBA's Moses Malone. She just keeps going. <laughs> it's and a then, great
0: comparison. And then
1: Diana Taurasi, you know, she's gotten to that stage of her career where she's just so smart and continues to get to her spots. She doesn't waste motion. That's the thing I watch about her at this age and this stage in her career is just how still she's so quick intellectually about the game and just that ability to continue to dominate.
0: Yeah, I mean, starting with the Sparks. Well, actually, let me start with the Western Conference as a whole. I don't know what it is about basketball right now that for the NBA and the WNBA, the better teams are in the West. I have no idea. It's just every once in a while, to shift in the tide, I guess. And right now, the West in the WNBA, similar to the West in the NBA, where you're looking at these same franchises and same cities that are really, and specifically at the conference as a whole, that are the best teams in the league. Now, specifically for the Sparks, Candace Parker has been doing it all. She's been, her, her daughter's down there. She's been still helping to cover with NBA TV for right. the NBA games. She's playing, of course, and, and not just playing. She's not just out there. She's killing it. And so she's really showing, like, when we talk about women empowerment and and, you know, um, black girl magic and women that are just queens, that is Candace Park right now because she's doing all this and successfully, you know, jumping, she actually jumping from a game to a show to parenting and repeat like it's nothing. So she's showing people like, look, not only are we top athletes, but we can do it all. This is why they say anything men can do, women can do better because she's showing that, okay, you guys can play in, the, in a bubble, but I'm gonna play in the bubble, parent and work, fully with NBA TV. So hats off to her for that. But even for the Sparks, you know, Taya Cooper, who's a rookie, she actually coming into the league, um, having played at a variety of schools, including Baylor. She's someone that also has been just solid defensively, offensively getting the basket. And she as a rookie is is playing really at a high level, better than expected. But a big part of that is when you do have players around you, like Candace Parker and Nekam Agumake and all these um, Cynthia, uh, Fouls, as you mentioned, Sylvia Fouls, as you mentioned, there's just the leadership, the veterans that she's playing against with, it's really challenging her from the beginning, and she's been able to come right in. Chelsea Gray with the Sparks, specifically, come right in and be someone that, as a rookie, is playing on a different level. Now, as you mentioned in talking about Phoenix, holy smokes, um, you know, looking at across the league, I, I love the fact that you made that Sylvia Fouls-Carls Malone comparison, you brought up Dinah Trossi. These veterans across the league doesn't matter if they're with LA, with Minnesota, with Phoenix. They are honestly Sue Bird, who I mentioned before. They mm-hmm. are showing that look, we might be older, quote unquote, but we are out here and we're we're gonna keep up and show the young ones that we still got it because it's this is not a situation of like, you know, oh they're they're older in their career, they're, they're on the downward downward slope. Absolutely not. You know, I think specifically for Phoenix, they have a They take a big three to a whole other level, which that's one of the things that really made it exciting coming into this year. When you looked at the fact that, okay, no longer is it just, you don't just have Diana Taurasi. You also have the big three and Brittany Griner, Diana Taurasi and Skyler Diggins-Smith. And so that was something that was, I know I was looking forward to seeing how these three play together, what this team looks like. But as mentioned, when you're going up against such a tough Western conference, and just playing some of the top teams, the Storm, the Aces, the Sparks, the Lynx, the Mercury, it, its that's what's making the league so fun right now because it's still – it's at a higher level, I feel like, than, than most. Last year there were a number of injuries that had players out. Maya Moore was out fighting social injustice. Diana Taurasi out with an injury. Brianna Stewart out with an injury. But this year it seems like although there are players that are still not there, you know, it seems like the league has has talent-wise been – Lights out, and whether it's young players coming in like Taya Cooper or some of these older players that are showing, you know, the vets that are showing, we still got it. You know, the right now it's not as simple as being able to say there's one or two teams that you know can win a championship. You know, there's there's so many teams that are in contention, and that as we're looking for those final eight playoff spots. it's honestly a toss up to be honest. like we we don't really know how that's going to shake out and who's mm-hmm. going to be the final the final eights to win to win a, a playoff spot so i think that's something that's is very fun to watch it's a shame that the mystics unfortunately the team i cover i was came in on at top of the world in my first year covering them helping as they won a championship i didn't help at all but covering them as they won a championship i should say and then now they've struggled with injuries as well as missing a number of their top players that have opted out of the restart, as mentioned before, in Tina Charles, Elena Deladon, and Natasha Cloud, Christy Oliver no longer with the Mystics. It's, it's been a tough year for them. But overall, for the league as a whole, whew, this is great basketball. And this is, this is showing people, I feel like now, when people are paying attention even more, because sports were on pause for so long, that this is why you should watch the WNBA. It's more than just women and female athletes. These are top athletes, period.
1: There's one player that I think has, you know, kind of been under the radar for a while because she doesn't really have a flashy game. She's highly efficient, but it's kind of taken it to another level this season. And that's Courtney Vandersloot. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers that she's putting up to see, she's scoring better. She's shooting. I think this is the second highest she shot um, in her career. Turnovers are down. She's still top of the league in assists, which is where she belongs. But the biggest thing she's doubling her career high in plus-minus differential at 8.8 right now. For the sky to be 7-4, and four, she's been such a huge factor in getting them to the top of the East.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at the Chicago sky as a whole right now at the top of the East, but she's a big part of that. Allie Quigley, you know, it, it is right now, I think that's something that we're seeing a lot of players have done is they've taken their game to another level. You know just when you thought that you've seen it all, just when you thought that you had them figured out, some of these players are really really showing how much they maximized this off season, and the delay for them because I mean the league was supposed to start back in May, so for the delay of the season to start and push back be pushed back to you know July August that you're now returning down to the bubble and and getting into things. She's been someone that has been just lights out for Chicago and has been the big, a big reason why they are having such success right now at this point in the season. So I'm, I'm excited for her to continue to, to show and lead this team in the way that she is, but she's doing it all. You know, it's not just points, as you mentioned. She's, she's finding ways to impact and lead this team, always possible, showing why she was a first-round pick back in 2011.
1: I think the biggest disappointment um, is not the players who had to choose to, to be out or had to leave physically. It's been that we were, you know, kind of getting shortchanged on the rookie seasons and uh, of Sabrina escu who's recovering at the, the Bryant house right now um, with, with Kobe's uh, family. Um, and we saw those glimpses of how great she can be before she hurt herself. And then um, Kennedy, um, Um, My head, my head does this sometimes. Kennedy uh, from Atlanta, Um, rookie, please help me. Renee, did I lose you again? Carter. Kennedy Carter, yes. I'm kind of, I'm losing you. I can't hear you.
0: Yeah, I, no, I know.
1: I know that's me. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Kennedy Carter, you were mentioning. Yeah. So, I mean, just losing out on, on those, the rookies, Sabrina Ionescu and Kennedy Carter um, to injury at this point. And they're having such fantastic seasons. But uh, like you said, the talent level is higher than ever in the league. And that's just encouraging to see these next wave of young players who have such immense talent.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something that I know I was very concerned around for all sports coming back was just injuries always happen. Don't get me wrong. But I felt like there was an even higher chance of injuries with the league coming back, playing every other day, having had four and a half months off to just kind of coming back in. Although you had a couple weeks to have a quote-unquote preseason, it's still not the same as the typical, you know, training, preseason, start of the season, easing back into things. And I know that's something that for the Mystics, head coach Mike Tibo was talking about just their return to play. I wasn't in on everybody's press conferences but I know speaking specifically on what he was saying and he was similar to what I'm sure a lot of coaches were doing their return to play process was exactly just trying to minimize any risks of injury because they had about a, a week to two weeks to try to ease players back in and cram what would normally be done over the course of weeks and a month or so into one or two weeks and so there was such a quick turnaround time but I think that you know, looking at Kennedy Carter and Sabrina Ionescu, who both unfortunately, as you mentioned, suffered ankle injuries at that, um, it, it's just, it happens. And it's, it's not the first time we've seen a rookie that's come into the league with all eyes on them and then had an injury happen, looking across the WNBA, the NBA, all sports specifically. But it, the hardest part is the fact that they're both on teams that are struggling. And looking at Atlanta and looking at the Liberty, you know, these are teams that people were excited to watch them because of those players. Right. Now, I know people are still tuned in and engaged, don't get me wrong, but it's not the same. You know, it's it's the hype is, is not the same because they're not out there. And so that's the hardest part is just knowing that they were put into some prime time TV slots. You know, they were really building up a case to follow them even more this year because they knew that people were going to want to see Kennedy Carter and Sabrina Ionescu. And what happens early in the season – they're, they're injured, and for Sabrina, she's she's definitely um, – well, Kenny may have a chance of returning, but Sabrina is definitely done for the season. So I, that's the hardest part is now here you are. The conversation has been, which of these two will be rookie of the year? And it's now, oh, who else is going to be rookie of the year? Because these two are probably not going to be in the in the conversation, of course, at this point. But that's, that is something that's a big hit for the WNBA, and I think it's a shame – but the biggest thing that I keep taking from all that's been going on is the fact that there has been hit after hit. You know, the league was scheduled to start at a specific time, got delayed from its May start to start late in the summer. Okay, no problem. We're still going. Players opted out. Okay, no problem. Still going. You know, the WNBA has been taking so many hits and has had so many things thrown their way, yet the WNBA is still, in my opinion, in its most exciting season and most fun to watch season season than ever before. So, you know, I know these two will will bounce back and be stronger coming into, you know, whenever they're able to get back on the floor. And I just hope it's sooner than later, but it definitely is a big hit and was devastating to see when they went down.
1: Quickly, who have been the biggest surprises in the league and and who would you say are the biggest disappointments at the halfway point?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think for me right now, I would actually say that the Mercury have been, um, you know, they're sitting at, as we're having this conversation, sitting at, at six and five. And I think that just being around that 500 point, it's a, it's a surprise, but it's also a reminder that although you may have a big three, it takes, it takes time for a team, no matter how good they are, to get rhythm, to get going. And so I think that we're going to see some great basketball from them in the second half of the season. I think that we haven't seen, um, you know, we haven't seen them at their bet, best yet. But I think that looking at some teams, it's it's insane to me that the two teams that were in the finals last year, the Sun and the Mystics, are now two teams that are also struggling tremendously. You know, so I think that's something that it's not really a surprise because I, I know when you have players like John Qual Jones and Elena Deladon that are opting out, you know, it's, the team's not going to be the same. It's not the same team by any stretch of the imagination. So I think right now, I don't really have anybody that's surprising me terribly. I think the biggest... The, as mentioned, the, the Mercury is someone that I'm not too, too, too surprised upon because, again, I think it takes time. But the Seattle Storm are definitely surprised me in a good way. You know, looking at the way that Brianna Stewart has been able to return, Achilles injuries, ACLs, any you know, major injury like that that has you out for a year, you re- really never know how they're going to come back. You always like to hope that with the best trainers and with them being so young and still in the peak of their career, that they're able to return back 110%, but you still never know for sure. So I think for Seattle, that actually has been something that even when she's not on the floor at times, you still see them there. They're playing great basketball. And um, that to me is just something that is a testament to the work that they've been doing as well as the leadership they have as a team. So them, the Sparks, I don't have anybody that's really – I guess I don't have a, a full answer. I'm just loving watching all the great basketball. And I honestly will say this is the most I've watched the WNBA as well because it's so accessible and it's right. so much – you know, there's, there's so much more that you can easily watch it, so many more opportunities to easily watch it that it's been fun. You know, I, I've been jokingly saying I've been binge-watching sports. I've been going from the Stanley Cup Cup playoffs to the NBA to the WNBA to baseball. You know, just watching the PGA Tour. I mean, there's so much on right now that – they're doing a really good job of not overlapping it terribly that I've been like flipping back and forth from game to game and just catching all the action. So I'm just overall thrilled and surprised at the league. If I actually had to pick a final, my final surprise is being surprised at the league because as mentioned they've taken hit after hit after hit. If the WNBA is stronger than ever. And it's a testament to the strong personalities, players and staff within the league that are continuing to push the envelope and show people why they should be tuned in and, and following the sport and the game.
1: Yeah. You can, I can't give enough credit to the players um, to for standing up for their, for their league and for their, uh, their position as athletes and, and wanting that determination of defining themselves and not be, put into these boxes that folks want to do for them. And I, I, I love it. I love every time that they respond. I love it when some, some, somebody says, well, you got to put them in better uniforms if you want guys to watch. Oh God, and it, yeah. you know, I, I love the responses from the players on that. So that's why you watch the guys, you know, it, it, we, we cannot, like you said, just treat it as basketball. And at some point, that's all this is. It's just basketball and you're just watching different people play it and I love the television presentation I would give again for both of the bubbles the television presentation allows you to follow the game very well which I think is important in attracting new new audiences
0: oh yeah oh yeah that's something that actually I was not sure how they were going to do and it looks really good I honestly keep forgetting there are no fans at times you know it just the way that they've added in and, and the camera angles, and the you know, there's even the halftime, and and the the interviews between quarters, and everything has been so well done that you just you lose track of, for in that moment, all that. It's going on. You know, you lose track of the fact that we're in a pandemic. You lose track of the fact that fans are not there because it just it's just so exciting and so nicely done. So they've been doing a great job in the WNBA coverage, as well as the NBA coverage, of course, just bringing these stories out and these, these great interviews and catching, you know, catching everything, everything. So I have been really enjoying and I applaud the league for safely being able to return and, and not only safely returning, but doing it in an exciting fashion. But to anyone that's watching and, and having these sexist comments around what the league should or shouldn't be doing in terms of uniforms. And, you know, the there were some slow-mos, like Taya Cooper had a slow-mo shot of her dribbling and, and knocking down a jumper. And there was a there were some really sexist, awful comments around it. Oh, this is exactly what I love to see because it was a shot of her backside. You know, that stuff is is sickening to me. But again, I see more and more people that are not just dismissing it, but speaking up, holding them accountable and continuing to promote the league for, as you mentioned, David, what it's really about, the talent, the players and basketball at the end of the day. So it's, it's been great to watch and I'm excited for, for them to continue in the playoffs, honestly, to see what happens.
1: Oh, I think I think going to be some great matchups uh, in the postseason. It was, last year. If, if it's anything like last year's postseason, which was incredibly exciting too, um, this is a, this opportunity again, like you said, with all the access, playoff basketball is really where you have your opportunity when the stakes are high to bring people in. So I'm excited too to watch um, as we get to that part of the season. Renee, please tell folks how they can follow you, check out your work, and um, I hope we get to talk again soon.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. So if you're interested in following, I'm all over. I'm on Twitter at Renee P. Wash. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Renee P. Washington. My show Locked on Wizards at Locked on Wizards on Twitter. And then you can also just, you know, keep up with me as I'm covering the Mystics, the Wizards, the all sports really through my show, including Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. So thanks again so much for having me on. It's been fun getting a chance to be on the other side of the interview and talk WNBA with you.
1: Well, I hope I did a good job. <laughs> I hope I, I, I hope I did a good job for you.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you again.
1: All right. And we'll talk soon <laughs> again for Renee Washington and myself, David Grubb. You can check me out on Twitter at DM and same on Instagram. You can also follow the show uh at, on all of the major platforms, harden to Paint, and then check out my website, hitpwithdg.com. Until Monday, I'll see y'all then. This has been another episode of Harden to Paint with David Grob.